Now broadcasting from his hidden bunker and fully stocked bar, it is the Saturday Report with Hope Sebastian Taylor. Thank you and welcome once again, my friends, to the Saturday Report with me, Coach Sebastian Taylor, adventurer, entrepreneur, and the last survivor of Twitter, perhaps. And welcome to AWSM Radio, an independent digital-only radio station that plays today's best music, old-school classics, along with a rotating cast of all-star DJs. And my friends, I want you to know that here at AWSM Radio, all we do here is entertain, inspire, and inform. And, 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 I want you, my friends, to be part of the show, part of the conversation, so you can find me on the Instagram, on the on the Facebook, and as the time of this recording, still on Twitter, at Colt S. Taylor, as well as Cameo at Colt S. Taylor, and the podcast version of this show can be heard on Sundays after the rebroadcast at anchor.fm slash Colt S. Taylor. All these details also at the everly, the ever rarely updated ColtSebastianTaylor.com. All right, my friends, let's get started with this week's Saturday Report. First up this week, of course, once again, almost dislodging my near curiosity with Kanye West, is Elon Musk and Twitter. Twitter is uh, going through some things this week. For those who are just tuning in, uh, Elon Musk uh, put a bid in to buy a bunch of stock for Twitter. And then they said, hey, you can't say bad things about Twitter if you're going to be on the board here on Twitter. So Elon Musk says, okay, then I'll just buy Twitter. And, um, well, uh, tried to back out, got sued, had to buy it, bought it for $44 billion with a B, with a B. Side note, he said he could solve world hunger for $6 billion. Hasn't done that. And, um, things have been going interestingly for the last two weeks. So before Elon Musk uh, got hold of Twitter, there are about 7,500 employees at Twitter. He wanted to cut 50% of those employees, and boy howdy, in the first week, he did. He fired all the executives uh, before their bonuses were going to come in on November 1st, so he fired them to avoid paying them bonuses. However, um, they're part of the contracts, and uh, it's kind of illegal to do that, so he's got that kind of bubbling up behind him. Uh, then he ordered everyone back to work with about 24 hours of notice. Everyone was working from home during the pandemic, and people had become accustomed to that. Uh, asked everyone to come back to work in the office or that they would be fired. Uh, now, in some places, this is easy. Other places, like, let's say, Ireland, which is currently experiencing a housing crisis, uh, employees had to go to Dublin to report to their office, and, uh, you know, Ireland's kind of a big country, and you can't move to Dublin. Why can't you move to Dublin? Well, there's no apartments for rent or houses to buy because, bop, 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 there's a bit of a housing crisis. So, um, just doing these things, sending out emails at midnight, etc., etc. And uh, over the last two weeks, over the last two weeks, um, 7,500 employees has now become about 3,800 employees. Well, about two days ago, Elon Musk sent out a uh, ultimatum to the remaining workers and said that, um, you know, he wanted people to uh, um, to commit to a hardcore Twitter 
2.0 with long hours, intense work deadlines, and he wanted people to commit to this. And he sent out a form and said, if you commit to this, then um, say yes. If you don't or say nothing by 5 p.m. Uh, on Thursday, uh, we're going to assume that you have left the company. Well, um, there were multiple reports yesterday, on, well, multiple reports on Thursday, that a lot of people left the company. Uh, apparently, there was a company-wide phone call or conference call at uh, 5 p.m., the deadline, and apparently, according to some people, those on the, on the phone call started seeing people hang up at 5 p.m. Uh, on the company-wide Slack, um, that people were bidding them bidding goodbye and uh, putting out little salute emojis. Uh, people were posting their uh, departure on Twitter, and uh, in a hopes that you know employees leaving wouldn't sabotage the company, Twitter closed all of its offices and turned off all the employee badges until Monday. Now, did this without any sort of uh, heads up, just said, hey, just so you know, no one's being allowed to the building until Monday, all your badges have been turned off, please work from home, I guess. And uh, this caused a problem, apparently, in San Francisco, because, obviously, in San Francisco, different hours than New York, when people tried to leave the Twitter offices in San Francisco, their badges didn't work. So, the gate in the parking lot wouldn't go up to let them out of the parking lot. So, lots of Lots going on there. Uh, rumor has it that of the remaining 3,800 employees, 75% have quit. Uh, driving the pre-Elon Musk employee count down about 82%. There's only about, apparently, allegedly, 18% of Twitter's workforce left there. Um, boy, howdy. A little lot going on there. So, a lot of people are saying, well, posted last night, goodbye Twitter, Twitter RIP, RIP Twitter. Uh, there is some thought in some tech corners that Twitter has about seven days left before something's going to break down and there isn't an engineer there to, um, to fix it. And then they'll just stop working, much like Google+. Plus. <laughs> Uh, now, there are obviously some Elon Musk fanboys out there. There are some folks out there, I like to call them bootlickers. They strive toward authoritarianism, usually crypto bros. Uh, love to lick the boots of Elon Musk. And the common um, phrase or, or trope being thrown out there is that, boy, all these guys are whiny. They Suddenly we have to work at the office, no more free lunch. Boy, what a bunch of crybabies. Well, here's the thing, friends. Mostly folks, mostly folks also uh, have no idea how Twitter works. Uh, a lot of these folks sign contracts with certain expectations. One being free lunch, one being working from home, and one not having a man-child uh, ask them to commit to hardcore Twitter 2.0. So when presented with that versus uh, three to one or three months severance, they said, you know what, I've got a good resume. I think I'll go about my day somewhere else. Uh, now, another popular idea is like, oh boy, this is great. This is great. All the woke liberals are leaving Twitter now 
It's time to replatform the unfairly banned people from this free speech public square. Ah, yes, yes, all the people wrongly banned. I, for one, cannot wait until the word salad of Alex Jones comes bumbling on here talking about how fluoride is turning frogs gay. Yes, that's something that he actually said. So, yes, I'm looking forward to the hot mess Circus Clown Town show coming into town here that will be coming back onto Twitter. Assuming, assuming it's still around. Um, another popular thing I saw, uh, was like, you know, Elon Musk has sent rockets to space. Surely he can keep a social media thing online. And once again, these are just, these are just some of the most pathetic, pathetic bootlickers out there. Yes, Elon's company has sent space rockets to space. Yes, it has. It certainly has. But Elon Musk did not do that himself. He has rocket scientists working for him. Yes. And tell you what, if I was going to fly on a rocket to the moon and for the last two weeks, 80, 70, 80% of the space engineers that made this rocket work for the last 10 years quit, I would think, oh boy, I don't know how much confidence I have in this rocket anymore. Ah, so will Twitter, will Twitter survive? Will Twitter continue? Will Twitter be like Friendster or MySpace or um, um, uh, Google Plus? Hard to say, hard to say. Um, if something breaks and they don't have an engineer there, then, then it's just gonna break. It's just gonna break. Now, the employees that do remaining, um, I do feel for them. The folks remaining, now some of them, I'm sure, have signed on to Hardcore Twitter 2.0. Um, a lot of those folks are visa holders. They, they, they have come from other countries. They've moved here on a visa to work at Twitter. And the way those visas work are is if you lose your job, you get deported. So they... Their choices are either staying here in the United States and working for, quote, uh, uh, this is according to Elon Musk's uh, uh, email, to build a breakthrough Twitter 2.0 and succeed in an increasingly competitive world, we need to be extremely hardcore. Um, it's either that or going back home to their country, and they're in a very, very tight spot. A very, very tight spot. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it, it is it is something else. It is something else. Now, Elon Musk is, is making light of this. He says, how do you make a small fortune on social media? Start out with a long one, a large one. Um, okay. It seems like he's losing a lot of money here. But he's, he's bragging, he's bragging that Twitter has seen all-time high usage. I'm sure it has. But that's like saying in 1929, boy, these banks are seeing so many customers here after the Wall Street market crash. Like, you know, those metrics may not be pointing to positive things. Those could be people showing up to watch a train wreck. They could be showing up to watch a train wreck. Yeah, so so we'll see what happens. Um, maybe it survives. Maybe it doesn't. Maybe this is the best thing ever. Ooh, I don't know. I am not an expert, but... Um, 
it's it's not great. It seems like he might have blown $44 billion. And we're, we're going to see how resilient how resilient Twitter is. Maybe, maybe it'll be fine. I don't know. But uh, in case it does break down, folks, you can always find me here on AWSN Radio and, and whatnot. Uh, also, slight note, special shout-out to uh, consultant, political consultant Rick Wilson, who retweeted me uh, twice for the last two days and has blown out my metrics in terms of engagement and link clicking. So my good old pal Twitter buddy, author of Everything That Trump Touches Dies, Rick Wilson, uh, follow him. You, you Google him. You, he's easily found. Funny guy. Uh, thank you for the retweets. Uh, perhaps the last retweets I will ever get. Next up, my friends, Ticketmaster and Taylor Swift. Now, I myself, I'm a Taylor Swift fan. Don't know her music, but like her business sense. She's a very smart businesswoman. Ticketmaster, I dislike immensely. Ticketmaster is the Hyundai Tucson of ticketing. Yes, Hyundai Tucson, I haven't forgotten about you at all. Ticketmaster is a monopoly, my friends. They control a tremendous amount of tickets, venues, and even some artists. And um, in my opinion, they need to be broken up much like Standard Oil or AT&T. Uh, Standard Oil being at the start of the 19th, uh, 20th century and AT&T in the late 70s, early 80s, as I recall. But yeah, Ticketmaster controls entirely too much of the uh, ticketing world out there. And this week, boy howdy, was it a disaster. So Taylor Swift, the Eras Tour, tickets are about to go online. Tickets are supposed to be sold to the general public at 10 a.m. on uh, November 18th, but they end up canceling it. Canceling it, the sale, not the tour, but the sale. Ticketmaster released a statement saying, due to extraordinary high demands on ticketing systems and insufficient remaining ticket inventory to meet that demand, tomorrow's public on sale for Taylor Swift, the Eras Tour, has been canceled. Has been canceled. Hmm. Hmm. So, here's the thing, though. You know who got plenty of tickets? Resellers. Yes, people who buy tickets and then resell them on third-party mark, uh, third-party websites at three, four, five, sometimes ten times the price. I mean, you can right now, you can right now get a uh, a, a Taylor Swift ticket for about a thousand bucks, eight hundred thousand bucks on there. They don't cost that much, but you could get them for that much. And um, a lot of people are wondering, like, why is inventory not available to the public, but available to ticket resellers? Why are they Why are they available to ticket resellers and whatnot? That's the real question right there. It's just that they they um, they control too many tickets. They do. They control too many of the tickets, too many of the venues, too many of the the shows out there. And resellers are snatching up tickets and selling them for a ridiculous amount of profit. A ridiculous amount of profit. Okay? And uh, they are introducing dynamic pricing and tickets. Um, according to um, um, uh, reports, uh, Ticketmaster and Live Nation, which are the same folks. I believe they're the same folks? I feel like they're the same folks. I feel like they're the same. Yes. Yes, they are. They merged with Live Nation. Aha. Uh-huh. In 2009. So they introduced, they kept the company separate, like the names, but they're still the same company. So Ticketmaster Live Nation has faced backlash for the dynamic pricing system in platinum tickets. 
when tickets for Bruce Springsteen's and Blink-182's 2023 tours went on sale in July, October 2022, uh, fans criticized prices for random seat selections across the venue going for thousands, hundreds, going for hundreds of hundreds or thousands of dollars during pre-sales or right when tickets went on sale to the general public. Um, in some cases, in some cases, when you buy a ticket, 78% of that price is not for the band. That's for the ticket seller or the reseller. That's, that's, that is ridiculous. That is a scam. Ticketmaster is a scam. Okay? It needs to be broke. It needs to be broken up. And if Taylor Swift can take on crooked music execs and whatnot, I think, I think the Taylor Swift folks need to take on, take on Ticketmaster. Uh, so with this disaster, with this disaster, uh, many in Congress, obviously of the progressive per persuasion, are calling for investigations on Ticketmaster and to re-examine the deal between Ticketmaster and Live Nation, and that perhaps they need to be broken up because it is, it's tickets for concerts are ridiculous, and it's not the artists getting the money. They get money, sure. It's not the artists. It's these ticket sellers and resellers that are reaping in thousands, hundreds of thousands, millions of dollars every year. Every year. Ticketmaster made $11.9 billion in 2019. Now, <laughs> it's, it's, it's crazy. It's crazy. It's crazy. It's crazy. Ticketmaster needs to be investigated and broken up because... It's weird that all these folks, all these resellers, get tickets, then resell them, and whatnot. It is unfair to the fans of these artists, and these artists have no control, no control over, over it at all. In fact, there's evidence, evidence apparently, that Ticketmaster works with scalpers to drive up costs. You know, so they say they don't, but. Uh, there's a lot of evidence that perhaps say otherwise. That perhaps say otherwise. In fact, they're um, according in 2019, a billboard revealed a strategy by Live Nation, Ticketmaster's parent company, to secretly bypass placing certain tickets for sale on the primary market. Instead, place them directly in resale sites without giving fans a chance to buy them through normal channels at face value. The company acknowledged it has facilitated the quiet transfer of concert tickets directly into the hands of resellers through the years, though only at the request of the artists involved. Hmm. Mm-hmm. I bet. I bet. I'm sure the artists are well aware of their fans being completely screwed out and whatnot. So, anyways, that is a disaster. So if you're a Taylor Swift fan out there, I would, I would contact your government representative and put the screws to the Hyundai Tucson of concert venue management, Ticketmaster, and Live Nation. Next, my friends, we go to India, India, where I have many, many listeners over there, where India has uh, successfully launched its first privately made rocket, the Vic Vikram S, uh, successfully launched first privately developed rocket, a milestone in the country's effort to create a commercial space industry, and compete uh, at very effective prices. Uh, it was launched from the Satish Dhawan Space Center in Siracos, oh boy, Shir Harikota, an island off the southern Anhira 
Pradesh State as part of a mission named uh, Prarambram, the beginning. I am terrible at naming other places. Uh, according to um, the chair of the Indian government agency that coordinates private sector space activities, uh, they said, I'm happy to announce the successful mission of mission Paramam, the beginning. So the rocket weighed, weighed about 1,200 pounds and flew to an altitude of 55.6 miles, reached a speed of Mach 5, and carried a 183-pound payload to 62 miles. That's how far it can go. Uh, the team had set a target goal of just under 50 miles, uh, a benchmark that some agencies define as a frontier of space called the Karman Line, um, and uh, they they reached it. They reached it. Uh, very exciting, very exciting. Um, they expect it to be very competitive. Uh, they say the rocket cost 90% uh, less uh, than existing platforms to launch satellites, uh, experts say they achieved the cost saving by using rocket architecture that can be assembled in less than 72 hours with composite materials, and they plan to uh, launch uh, capable uh, launch satellites starting next year. Um, Indians' unmanned Mars mission in 2014, just for a little bit of information for you, cost $74 million, and it made headlines because it cost less than the movie... Gravity, the space movie with Sandra Bullock, cost less than to make that movie, which was an Academy Award-winning film. So the the movie about space cost more than India's unmanned Mars mission in uh, 2014. Uh, until now, the state-run Indian Space Research Organization, the ISRO, had a monopoly on launching rockets to India, but they are now pushing very hard to have the private industry also develop some rocket material, rocket um, technology. Um, this this is company is called Skyroot, and the rockets are named after Vikram uh, uh, Sarabhai, an Indian uh, uh, physicist and astronomer considered to be the father of India's space programs and whatnot. So, um, pretty amazing stuff. Uh, the company has raised uh, $64 million so far, have 200 people, and about 100 people have been involved in the maiden launch of this uh, rocket. So, uh, first step to starting the private uh, rocket uh, industry, space uh, industry in India. So, congratulations to my friends over there. Uh, not easy. It's literally rocket science. So as long as the guy in charge of that program doesn't buy Twitter and run into the ground, uh, I expect big things from this program in the years to come. My friends, when India does send a satellite into space, I think they need to play music from my pal DC. Yes, that's the segue, because DC is our in-house DJ here on AWSM Radio, and every Friday night he mixes it up at 9 p.m., Smashing it on the ones and twos with his show, DC Live in Effect, kicking the beats from South Florida every week. And then on Saturday nights, my friends, he brings his freestyling DJ to the max with House Party Saturdays, giving you all the Miami vibe without actually having to be there. From the top clubs to the bars, DC will bring the party, my friends, to you. And then on Sunday nights at 10 p.m., it's DC Live in Effect once again. So, your weekend's pretty much set. Just to review, 9 p.m. Friday, DC Live in Effect. 10 p.m. Saturday, 
DC House Party Saturdays, and then 10 p.m. Sunday, DC Live in Effect again, only here, my friends, on AWSM Radio. Next, my friends, we go from India to Buffalo, New York. Buffalo, New York, uh, along the coast of Lake Erie. Um, they're getting some lake effect snow. Lake effect snow for those who don't live in this area, or in that area. Uh, wind blows across the lake, picks up moisture, and then as soon as it hits land, it drops some snow. Now, lake effect snow, um, it can be pretty heavy. Uh, I went to college at Edinburgh University, now renamed some stupid name. Um, but at Edinburgh University, it would snow on and off from November to May. Lake effect snow is something that happens a lot along the Great Lakes. Um, lake effect snow is occurs other places around the world, but it's mostly known for the Great Lakes. Well, Buffalo is getting a bit of snow this this weekend. How much snow are you asking? How much how much snow is falling in uh, Buffalo? Well, let's see here. Let me do the calculation. Uh, so they could be getting four feet of snow this week. Like, yeah, at least four feet of snow in Buffalo in 24 to 48 hours. For those who are overseas listeners, that's 121 centimeters of snow. A meter and a meter and one-fifth one fifth of a meter of snow in a short amount of time. The snow is going to be so bad that the NFL, the NFL has moved the game on Sunday from Buffalo to Detroit. So the Buffalo Bills and Cleveland Browns will not be playing in Buffalo this week. They're playing in Detroit because they think there's going to be a um, weather emergency in Buffalo because four feet of snow will paralyze, will paralyze the area and it just won't be, it just, they, people won't be able to get to the game. Won't be able to get to the game. Four feet of snow is going to fall between now and Sunday. It's probably snowing right now. Near zero visibility. Near zero visibility in the area. Uh, highways are beginning to be shut down. They expect the area to be paralyzed. The western part and northern part of New York State paralyzed with snow. Uh, as of Friday morning, there's already a foot of snow on the ground. They're expecting at least Another three feet of snow between now and Sunday. So they had to move the game. One of the biggest snowfalls on record. On record there. Now, the Buffalo Bills, just as a bit of, of trivia for you, Buffalo Bills were supposed to be playing the Cleveland Browns in Buffalo on Sunday. They moved it to Detroit. The Bills are staying in Detroit because on Thanksgiving this week, they're playing Detroit on Thanksgiving. So... The Bills will play back-to-back -back games in Detroit. Um, it makes the most sense for them to do that. Uh, it's a short week for them, so it does help help them out a bit. But that is how bad the snow is there. Uh, flights out of Buffalo, Niagara, International Airport is closed. Schools are closed. Amtrak stations are closing. Four feet of snow, folks. That is a lot of snow. Like, listen, I... Lived through the Great Blizzard of 93. Got three feet of snow. That was a lot of snow. School was canceled for a week. I can't even... I can't even um, imagine what four feet of snow here would look like. Be paralyzed. I would stay... I would have to spend all night shoveling so I wouldn't have to shovel four feet of snow in the morning. That's, that's, that's how crazy that is. So, uh, to my friends in ye old Buffalo, New York, 
Um, good luck. I hope that you manage. <laughs> you manage to get through this weekend. You may you, if, if 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 you haven't stocked up now, uh, you may want to come to your your closest store and try to get some food because it's going to be a really 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 rough really rough snow and like at least you know what so it's two to four 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 to four wait it's a lot it's a lot of snow it's a lot like there are some 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 uh models are saying perhaps up to 70 inches of snow 70 inches that's a lot of snow so stay warm be safe don't have a heart attack trying to shovel snow get young relatives to help you but uh you know, as take take a break, watch the Buffalo Bills game from Detroit. But a lot of snow is coming to Buffalo this weekend. Next up, my friends, we go to Qatar, or Qatar, as it were. So I think I said they were Qatar. Uh, this year's World Cup hosts, FIFA, um, they have decided to ban the, the the sale of beer at the stadiums. Oh. <laughs> Do they know how soccer fans are or the football around the world? Um, they have decided to um, ban the sale of beer at stadiums and will now sell only non-alcoholic beer and other beverages uh, at the stadium two days before the beginning of the World Cup that gets underway uh, this weekend, I believe. So uh, depending on when you're hearing this, the World Cup could be already underway. And um, yeah, yeah, they decided to ban it two days before the start of the um, of the of the games, according to a statement released uh, by FIFA officials, uh, attributed to a FIFA spokesman. "Quote: Following discussions between host country authorities and FIFA, a decision has been made to focus on the sale of alcoholic beverages on the FIFA Fan Festival and other fan destinations." And licensed venues removing sales points of beer at Qatar's FIFA World Cup 2022 stadium partners. There is no impact on the sale of Bud Zero, which is Budweiser's non-alcoholic beer, will remain available at all Qatar's World Cup stadiums. Now, this is could be a bit of a problem for uh, the World Cup sponsors and FIFA. Because Budweiser paid $75 million to be the main sponsor of the World Cup every four years. And the beer brand apparently has seen uh, the highest echelons of the Cutter State decide to move their stations, their beer stations, to list prominent stations around the stadium. And now they are banning sales of their beer from the uh, stadium altogether. 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 Now, in now for those who may not be familiar and whatnot, alcohol is something that is banned in many Muslim nations, and Qatar is in the uh, uh, Middle East. And uh, while it's not banned specifically in that country, the sales are closely controlled. Uh, most alcohol bought and consumed are in upmarket hotel bars and is also very expensive. And has been a source of tension, a source of tension between FIFA and Qatar as well. Um, according to well, before it, they said uh, according to this article, uh, it had been expected that rules regarding alcohol sales and consumption would be relaxed somewhat during the duration of the tournament, particularly around stadiums. According to FIFA's official fan guide, 
Uh, it states ticket holders will have access to Budweiser, Budweiser Zero, and Coca-Cola products within the stadium perimeter. At the brand activation areas, three hours prior to kickoff, when the gates open, and one hour after the final whistle. But now, Budweiser, not available, only Budweiser Zero. Budweiser Zero. Now, of course, the country cutter has been a source of fierce criticism for hosting the 2022 World Cup, <clears throat> given the uh, nation's human rights records, suppression of dissent, persecution of LBGTQ people, and the mistreatment of migrant workers, uh, among a cornucopia of things highlighted by protesters against uh, whether or not this was an appropriate place to suit, to, to host the World Cup. But uh, they're getting started, so there ain't no turning back now. So for all you soccer hooligans out there hoping to have a cold one at inflated prices at the World Cup, you will unfortunately only have to guzzle down a Coke or a Budweiser Zero, of which I have, well, I've had Coke Zero, but Budweiser Zero, not my thing. No idea what it tastes like. So if you are a connoisseur of the Budweiser Zero, uh, hit me up and let me know how it tastes on Twitter at S. Taylor while Twitter's still functioning. If not, uh, send me a carrier pigeon to tweet me personally. Now, my friends, what you do not need any sort of alcoholic lubrication to enjoy is the Rock Sessions. The Rock Sessions is our drive time show here on AWSM Radio featuring the wonderful, beautiful, lovely Rocks where she will make your evening commute home fun, featuring the hottest music on the charts and some other surprises in between. You can hear this show Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday from 5 p.m. to 7 p.m. Not Saturday or Sunday, that's the weekend. I only want to denote the difference between weekdays and weekends uh, because on Friday, uh, Rox uh, texted me saying, Hey, Colt, I don't have your show. Are you skipping this week? And then I said, I'm recording it right now. And then she said, oh no, it's Friday, isn't it? I thought it was Saturday. She was one day behind. She works so hard for the station, my folks, um, that she forgot what day of the week it was. So, Rox, thank you for all of your contributions to AWSM Radio, your show, uh, hiring me, which obviously was the best move you could have ever made. And yes, right now, if you're listening to this live, Rox, it is Saturday. Unless it's a repeat, then it's Sunday. Or if you're watch, listening to Anchor.fm, the year is 2024. And the world has been taken over by robots and mutants, and I am leading the resistance outside of Philadelphia. Find me, and we can derive, we can drive back the evil that has taken over this world. But if, it's, but if you're listening live, it, it, it is now Saturday. So, Anyways, listen to the Rock Sessions great, great drive-home commute commute show to listen to while you're driving home, your commute. That That's good words. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, 5 p.m. to 7 p.m. Only here, my friends, on AWSM Radio. Next up, friends, we go to New Year's Eve. Yes, it's coming. It seems like it comes earlier every year, my friends, but it doesn't. It comes the same time every year, except for leap years when it's a day later. But anyways... New Year's Eve, there's lots of New Year's Eve uh, broadcasts. One of the most wonderful train wrecks is on CNN, usually hosted by Anderson Cooper and Andy Cohen. 
and uh, they usually uh, have a wee bit to drink throughout the broadcast. Then they move on to Don Lemon, and he's usually a hot mess. They drink on New Year's Eve. It's it's I enjoy watching myself just for the sheer entertainment factor of it. But apparently now CNN is now owned by someone else. They're owned by Discovery, and they want to uh, dial that down a bit. They uh, don't want people to be drinking or intoxicated on, or not intoxicated, but let's say lubricated. Uh on the show anymore at all at all and uh they want they according to a meeting with staffers and chris lich the company's new chairman and ceo said that uh quote the coming new year's Eve broadcast will be cn's first under lich's aegis during the event lich told employees he felt on camera drinking eroded the credibility of cnn personnel and damaged the respectability that may enjoy that may enjoy that many enjoy among viewers. Uh, no official word from there. But it uh, looks like they'll be dialing back the drinking on there as well. Now, Andy Cohen and Anson Cooper have been well known for the last uh, half decade of doing shots, drinking, getting a little tipsy. Andy Cohen usually rants about someone and whatnot and calls them out. Uh, he yelled at the mayor last year when they, apparently the New York mayor, when it's elected, they're sworn in on New Year's Eve, New Year's Day, just after midnight. I guess it's a thing they do every four years. Anyways, um, yelled last time at them and wanted, they was glad to go. But it looks like they'll be uh, dialing that back a wee bit this year. There's a lot of CNN personnel that are not there anymore. But uh, I would say you should expect a less, less drinkity-drinkity CNN there, which, you know what, probably not a terrible idea. I can understand having wanting to drink for the last four years uh, on New Year's Eve. Um, but, you know, perhaps, perhaps this is a good thing. We shall see. Uh, uh, Anderson Cooper's previous host, Kathy Griffin, was booted out after her little little photo shoot, photo shoot mishap with a prop. But uh, we'll see uh, how that goes. I will watch. I usually pop in. I like to watch them a bit. And uh, should be a should be an interesting evening on New Year's Eve on CNN, a little bit more, a little bit more sober, a little more sober compared to previous years. Now, my friends, if you want a sobering assessment of the current basketball situation, well, my friends, Wednesday at 9 p.m., this is the place to be because it's To the Rack with Mac. That's the time and the title of the show. It is your go-to spot for all things basketball. Join NBA expert Mac Daddy as he brings you a full hour of high-flying hoops expertise for all things NBA. Tune in Wednesday nights at 9 p.m. to To the Rack with Mac. And then, and then, at 10 p.m. on Wednesday, it's What's Going On. What's Going On is our Fox affiliate sports show. Provide listeners with over 150 combined years of sports knowledge hosted by Nate Brown and his crew. They have been a staple of Western New York sports for the past two decades and will be probably shoveling snow this weekend. Uh, and now they are a national show, and we have them here Wednesdays at 10 p.m. So just a review for all of your sports needs. 9 p.m., To the Rack with Mac. 10 p.m., What's Going On? Only here, my friends, on AWSM Radio. Well, that just about wraps up this week's Saturday Report with me, Colt Sebastian Taylor. Thank you so much for joining me here today on AWSM Radio. Remember, you can find me on the Twitter, on the Instagram, on the Facebook at Colt S. Taylor, as well as Cameo. 
uh, at Cole S. Taylor and Twitch. I broadcast my recording of this show live on Twitch earlier in the week at Cole S. Taylor. And the podcast version of this show is available at anchor.fm slash Colt S. Taylor. Until next time, my friends, I'm Colt Sebastian Taylor, and I'll see you later.